CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, and stimulating conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues. And there's many issues Girl, right now. Girl, yeah, Affecting our communities. In short, it's, it's a vibe. vibe. Cheers. Cheers. What's up, y'all? So today is a very special day. Kel, tell them why. It is Cognac Month! And Cognac is the National Cognac Day today, June 4th. So we had to make sure that we celebrated that for y'all and gave y'all something special. Absolutely. Um, We have so much in store for you guys. Yes, we do. And especially because there's so much going on right now in the world from the Rona to now they trying to kill us. They trying to keep their foot on our neck, literally. And so, we just want to come to you guys with some special um, content this month for when you're ready to take a chill pill and just relax and... Relax, relate, release. Yes, some R&R, okay? Not not the ratchetness and righteousness that you're used to, but definitely some R&R we're here to provide you with and uplift you like we want to uplift our communities. And speaking of that, Kel, thank you for educating everybody on yes. voting. Yes, this week, week was election week, election yes. day. We hope Tuesday. y'all went out and voted. Y'all better have week. If y'all out there protesting, y'all should be out there voting. Yes. That's what's yes. going to make a difference. Yes, as well as the rebellion. Exactly. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm here for it. But, <laughs> but yes, that, that is the follow-up to it. We make the noise, and then we make a change. And so... With um with that said, yes. Uh we want to make sure that you guys saw our IG story. We'll have it in our highlights of mm-hmm. when your week is to vote and when your date is. We know Virginia is later this month. Right. So make sure that you stay abreast to that. But in the meantime, in between time says yes. let's get into these cupcakes. Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we haven't had cupcakes in months, and we know that y'all couldn't wait for us to, you know, to do another review. Yes, on some cupcakes. So this cupcake, well, both of these cupcakes are Mm -hmm. from a bake joint, which is um, an extension of Baked and Wired, or maybe Baked and Wired is an extension of a bake joint, but it's in DC. I'm not sure, but all I know is they got some bomb cupcakes, and we had them earlier in the um podcast lifetime yes so this is a flavor that we haven't tried yet it's called gf chocolate chipper so uh, kel is happy okay because we were afraid gf stand for stood for um gluten i think it is still though Mm. i can taste the um so for all those people who don't know what the gluten-free the gluten-free is more like people who have wheat allergies Mm -hmm. and i can kind of taste the difference 
and the cake batter a little bit. Do you taste it? It's yeah. still good though. I'll say if anything, we're gonna be able to tell with the vanilla satin in mm-hmm. a second. The icing is really good though. Yeah, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would eat this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I sure will. And they got these lovely chocolate chips folded into the cake. And mm-hmm. on the icing, nicely sprinkled, mm-hmm. just enough. And they're not like like audaciously big or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just bite size. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Alright, we're gonna get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Mm-hmm. Now this one is an old favorite. Mm. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit of that icing. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so this is the vanilla satin, which is a flavor that me and Kel love because yes. we love a good old-fashioned chocolate fudgy frosting. Yes, girl. On top of, on top of some yellow cake. Okay. Can't go wrong with yellow cake. Your and mama did it back in elementary school. Yes, and middle exactly. school. You can't go wrong with no Man, yellow cake. Man, when those cupcakes used to come to school, those were the best joints ever. <laughs> Be hype. Be hype <laughs> off of some Duncan Hines. So this is the grown and grown and sexy version mm-hmm. because this is mm-hmm. like a dark chocolate satin frosting. Decadence. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good. Bomb. And I, I do taste the cake difference still. Me too. This is a little. Fluffier. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. It's not as rough. Right. It's just sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like cognac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay, we're gonna enjoy the rest of that. Let me just get this mask. Nice I know, a little later. Mm-hmm. While you get into that, <laughs> we wanna tell y'all what we have coming up this month for y'all. Okay. So we have drink tutorials cognac history lessons yes kel's gonna you know give y'all some history lessons on cognac and tell you like how it affects black culture yes how your glasses even give you lessons on how to drink your cognac you know and we have cognac tales which are some stories of people Drinking cognac and possibly not remembering what happened after. Exactly. So everybody, no tell <laughs> everybody has a story when they was on the dark. Yes. Okay. Yes. Everybody has a cognac tale. So we'll have a lot of stories for you guys this month, and we know you're going to enjoy it. And but most importantly, yes. The best part is we're announcing merch. Yeah. Okay, so you know, you guys love a lot of our merch. Sometimes we have like pillows, like this one here, or this one here, you know, (laughs) at our events. Um, You love to see our our shot glasses. Um, Even here, we have some snifters. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's how you say it. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Yeah. And um, we officially have a merch store, you guys. So, we have these shirts right here. It's a vibe. Um, we have another shirt with just our logo, plus so much more. We have yes, mugs we for your cases. Yes. We got tote bags. Yes. Okay. We All that all. you need to get ratchet and righteous okay. and have a vibe. So, <laughs> make sure that you check our Instagram um, page and check the link in the bio. Or go to our website at www.cognetcupcakesandconversations.com. Yes. And you'll be able to access our merch uh, page. But let's get into the show. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is.
is a coordinated activity happening across this nation. And so we are in a state of emergency. Black people are dying in a state of emergency. We cannot look at this as an isolated incident. The reason why buildings are burning are not just for our brother George Floyd. We're, they're burning down because people here in Minnesota are saying to people in New York, to people in California, to people in Memphis, to people all across this nation, enough is enough. And we are not responsible for the mental illness that has been inflicted upon our people by the American government, institutions, and those people who are in positions of power. That they burned down Target. Because Target should be on the streets with us, calling for the justice that our people deserve. Where was AutoZone at the time when Philando Castile was shot in a car, which is what they actually represent? Where were they? So if you are not coming to the people's defense, then don't challenge us when young people and other people who are frustrated and instigated by the people you pay. You are paying instigators to be among our people out there throwing rocks, breaking windows, and burning down buildings. And so young people are responding to that. They are enraged, and there's an easy way to stop it. Arrest the cops, charge the cops, charge all the cops. Not just some of them, not just here in Minneapolis, charge them in every city across America where our people are being murdered. Charge them everywhere. That's the bottom line. Charge the cops. Do your job. Do what you say this country is supposed to be about, the land of the free for all. It has not been free for black people, and we are tired. Don't talk to us about looting. Y'all are the looters. America has looted black people. America looted the Native Americans when they first came here. So looting is what you do. We learned it from you. We learned violence from you. We learned violence from you. The violence was what we learned from you. So if you want us to do better, then damn it, you do better. All right, y'all. So we're about to get into this motivational moment for the week. It's been so much crazy things yes. on, and I know we all need our spirits uplifted. So the motivational quote for the moment for the week is, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. And that is by Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, um, I see a lot of people talking about Martin Luther King versus the Malcolm X, and especially when it comes in these situations. And with what I've been hearing commonly amongst that conversation is that, you know, we're at the stage where Martin Luther King was towards the end of his journey, where he started to become a little bit more rebellious. So um, I really kind of mm -hmm. feel the shift in the, in the energy of people nowadays. So um, now more than ever, we have to be strong as a community. We have to come together. We have to unite on one cause. This is not the time for us to divide. And this is the time for us to really like step up, say something and, you know, charge the other people to the table to do their part as well. 
Love it. And that's what today's episode is all about. As you heard in the soundbite from um, activist Tamika Mallory, um, you know, <laughs> we we definitely are in a time where we we really have lost our nerve. We have lost we have lost a lot over time, and and we're sick of it. And um, these protests all over, there's a reason why they're protesting all the way up in France, okay? Why they're protesting in London, because this is, this is something that should have been ended a long time ago, and it's still going on, and we are frustrated, and high time has come. And so while we know all of that, and Cal and I support all of that, we also are now in a stage of, because we know at some point, we're ready to move into the next stage and the next phase of this. So we want to talk about today how to unite and um, just come together and, you know, start planning out what's next um, after we've made the noise, like we said in the intro, after we make the noise, you know, how to make the change. And we believe that that is um, by coming together. And we're going to discuss like some of those barriers like, the comparisons between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King when, you know, at the end of the day, we all had one common cause, you know, they both had one common cause. And so just remembering that. But before we get into that, you know, we did want to, of course, bring y'all some lighthearted, well, only but so lighthearted. There's only two lighthearted pieces of news in the R&R today. I'm sorry, not sorry, guys, you know. This is what the what the world is looking like right now. It's not too much lightheartedness. So, you know, we're going to be real and cognizant of that. Um, so let's get into some R&R. It's balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You got to be equally yoked with both. All right. So today in the R&R... <laughs> Your girl Trina, boy, oh boy, Trina is in the news because she was on her radio show that she has on 99 Jams in Miami with uh, Trick Daddy, uh, basically saying that she, <laughs> actually, I, I might as well play it for you guys because um, I think it's better if it's heard rather than me trying to say it. Uh, so yeah, here's the recording of what was said on um, 99 Jams, because really and truly, she would say it better than I could even describe it. PM to 6 a.m. That's how I feel. No. Keep everybody off the street, these animals off the street that are running around in Miami-Dade County acting like they have escaped from a zoo. Lock them up at 5 p.m. so the streets can be nice and clean. That's how I feel. That means Tampa City... Ain't nobody tear up no city. That means tear up our, that means ain't run through and tear up our stores and burn down our stuff and breaking our stores. I don't approve okay. of it, period. Okay. I don't approve I don't of it, period. I'm talking about black lives. All right. The, the black That's lives matter. that matter, right? The same black lives that are taken from the hands of other black people. Those, are, those oh, matter too, huh? Like, all y'all fake for the protests and the fake, oh, we so concerned about George Floyd. It Half of y'all, y'all are marching. I'm not even caring about this man. People are just doing First maliciously. Everybody, everybody wasn't looping and burning up stuff. When the police get behind you and the red and blue lights come on, you're not supposed to be scared. You're not supposed to be scared. I'm never scared. I have die. my license and registration and insurance. I'm not scared. They need to make the curse. 
Um, so I never thought I would see the day when I agreed more with Trick than I did with Trina. Okay. And I'm very disappointed. Um, a lot of people had a lot to say to her. Twitter definitely blew up after that. A lot of people were calling on Kaya to come get her. Um, <laughs> you know how Kaya be calling her all kinds of names, um, Basset Hound, whatever she be calling her. She, she, the, all the names was called. Masika Kalisha was one of the main ones talking shit to the point that um, Trina said, drag who, bitch? because I'm not the one and your Twitter thug ass will beat the, will get beat the fuck down. What's good, ho? Masika Kalisha said, come beat me up, sweetie. Um, and I won't even further go into, because they went back and forth for a while. But the point is, more than Masika Kalisha, is how, Trina, like, how did you get to this place? And there's a lot of celebrities that we're seeing as a result um, crying about Gucci stores being robbed, crying about this and that. And it's really surprising me the the people that are actually more sound of mind and more uh, intelligent in this situation, like the Tory Lanes and the Trick Daddies of the world. And, um, you know, you even have people that consider Trina a fave, like um, my dear friend in my head, Kid Fury. That's like, I would even put, I mean, I know he would never say it, but I would even say he ranks Trina higher than Beyonce, not in talent, but just his idol. He loves Trina um, just as much as he loves Beyonce. And he said in a tweet, I'm obviously very disappointed and disgusted with Trina's remarks. It hurts, but I don't love a single celebrity more than Black life and the preservation of it. I'm removing my stand card and getting back to focus on what matters. So even he had to put out a little Twitter press release on, you know, because people know he loves Trina. Um, it's like people are drawing the line in the sand with family members and celebrities alike, like just all these people that we thought we were all on the same page and we're not. So Kel, react. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to like, I, I was really trying to like think about my words. <laughs> As a, yeah, I saw the look on your face. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about my words because I want this is such a sensitive time right now, and I want to make sure when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from a place of love but disappointment at the same time. I guess that's the best way for me to say that. Um, and the love is the fact that she's still a black woman and I want to, I want, if I know I can't because I don't have access to her, but um, someone who does have access to her to, to educate her. Um, Cause she's really misinformed. And I, when I compare that to the Tory Lane situation, I think the reason why it's such different situations is because males tend to get the brunt of the police brutality a little bit more than the females do, but not saying that females don't get subjected to it as well. And I think maybe that's probably why she's not correlating that it can affect her the same way. Right. But you know, it's sad. Like, it's like, I like how her, one of her protégés, 
um, Young Miami actually ended up speaking out, not necessarily in response to Trina, but on her IG live, she plainly said, black, um, pe- black on black crime has nothing to do with police brutality. At all. Period. I just had to throw my charger in the air. Fucking period. At this point, you, of all people, of all races, you are black. You know, I think she's like half Dominican too on the low. But anyway, um, you know, you, Trina, you obviously identify as black and you know this, you know what goes on in Miami, you know what, like, you know what goes on in the world to black people. Like, why, why do you feel the need to bring in black on black crime? And I hate that narrative because it's just like black on black crime, there's white on white crime. There's Asian on Asian crime. There's Hispanic on Hispanic crime. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with police brutality against Blacks? And it's specifically um, heightened against Blacks. There's nothing new to that. You want to put out this narrative, and she brought up her brother and how her brother was killed by somebody um, that was Black and how you can't bring him um, back to life or whatever. And because I think Trick said, I think in a longer um, uh, clip, Trick said something around like, you know, we can't bring back that man's life. And she's like, well, my brother was killed by a black man. We can't bring him back to life. I'm paraphrasing, but it's just like, girl, this is that whole thing where they say when one house is on fire and somebody else is talking about their house. Yeah. Like, what? That's the best way to explain that situation. And I think it's just about someone being able to sit down with her and really explain it and i don't even know if she would respect it from trick either because you know he said what he said but i think she needs to to speak she needs um an elder we need an elder to step in in that situation to come in and sit down with her yeah yeah well moving on amanda seals is leaving the real can't say we didn't see this coming right um (laughs) so (laughs) she uh her contract was up and she did not renew it. And, you know, I am not blaming her. Some people were in the comments saying if Tamar left, um, you shouldn't be surprised <laughs> that she left um, the group and there must be something going on there. Um, I also found it funny that she said uh, the picture that they had of her with the the group of girls was um, her wearing like three cornrows in her head. This was on the Neighborhood Talk. And she said, LMAO at the second pick. That was the day I decided y'all should have known it was a wrap when I showed up on daytime television with three cornrows, crying, laughing emojis. Protect your peace, y'all. So, um, but she just recently did a video where she said on, it was like in her stories, you know, that's her little, her little press releases. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) She said, um, you know, basically, like, not to pit us against each other, and that's something else that she commented in the Neighborhood Talk comments. That was actually her higher-ranked comment, that she doesn't want people to um, make it more than what it is. She decided to leave, and I was sharing with my my friends in a group chat how I know I heard Adrian um, Bailon, or Bailon, however you're supposed to pronounce it, because she, she actually... Um, corrected it on that show and I always forgot like how she corrected it but Bailon is not how we're supposed to be saying it this whole time ironically but anyway Hmm. uh, (laughs) Adrian Bailon or whatever was on the show with her um, on her small doses podcast and they were kikiing like two girlfriends that been tight like 
sister girlfriends for a minute and they were talking about how you know the media can misconstrue things misconstrues things um um visually and that's not what it is at all they're all very cool with each other and i think what they probably what it probably is is that everybody respects a man like they knew who they were getting on that show and they probably respect Amanda. And I was like, you know, I hope based off of what energy I heard from her and Amanda, uh, her and Adrian on her Small Doses podcast, I hope that everybody is still cool with each other. And it was more so like a thing of, you know what, girl, you right. This, this isn't for you. And we respect your decision to leave. And sure enough, Lonnie Love commented on her page saying, you make me laugh. You make me think. You make me a better woman. Thank you, at Amanda Seals. And that was just confirmation for me that, like, at the very least, you know, her and Lonnie Love are cool, and I'm sure the rest of the girls, too, on this decision. And both will be very successful separately. So that's what counts. Um, I guess we might as well... Oh, did you have anything to say about that before I move on? Oh, okay. No, Um. yeah, I, I, it was exactly what I expected. She made the best decision for herself. Yeah, and I think she's going to be, she said something on her IG Live the other day that, um, you know, once she stopped trying to hide who she was as a person and her beliefs and thoughts, um, she just became more and more successful and more and more, um, you know, I guess, yeah, successful, I would say. And that's what a lot of people are afraid of, especially in Hollywood, to be who they are. And so, salute to Amanda Seals. You, you either hate her or you love her. So, we it love her. What it is. Right. <laughs> All right. So, unfortunately, we got to dive into some of the shit from this week. Starting off with, um, you know, as you know, Cognac Month is June, as we've been coining it, but it's also nationally um, Pride Month uh, for the LGBTQ community. Salute to them. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Mouse Jones, who's uh, a personality and also has his podcast with uh, my old Bay Macwell, was posting this, and I thought this was very much so growth from this coming from a very heterosexual black male uh, from the hood and stuff to bring light to what was going on. So basically, I'll play it for you, Kel, in the background so you can see the video. It, we don't have to hear the sound, but basically, a transgender woman was beat up. Um, in fact, I'll read what Mouse Jones said in the caption. All kinds, um, while Black people, all kinds of Black people nationwide literally were putting their lives in order, on the line in order to force some change in this shithole of a country, a Black trans woman, Ayana Dior, was viciously attacked by a crowd of Black men, Black fucking men. Nothing at all can explain this. And if you attempt to suck my dick, <laughs> we will never know true freedom and liberation until we become the protectors we claim to be. Black people should feel safe and seen in our presence. All Black people should feel safe and seen in our presence. This is disgusting and absolutely senseless, but I know we'll ignore this and then go um, back to criticizing and chastising the looters. Sister Ayana, you deserve so much more, and this ain't how pride should be beginning. All Black Lives Matter. And I just wanted to share that story and be responsible. Y'all know that I am striving to become um, a ally of the LGBT community. And so um, I just wanted to share that story and bring more awareness to it because it's fucked up. 
uh why y'all why y'all beating a woman's ass a trans woman's ass when we should be you know focusing on what the fuck is going on in the community against us as a people and it's true all black lives matter not just black males we black women are the worst treated and then and then i would some would even argue that black trans women are the absolute worst treated um and um crystal said on the podcast um the read she was just sharing how um when she was talking about all the people that had something to say about Dwayne wade's hair being dyed red and oh he must be gay because he has a trans daughter and <laughs> or da- a, a, a daughter that is now identify a child that is now identifying as a daughter that was once born as a son and because he decided to dye his hair red he is now gay you know it's just really <laughs> like it becomes immature after a while and um you know because he decided to support his child and entertain what his child's interests are um he's now gay too i i, I just it's sad it's stupid it's a distraction I think it's a very much so a distraction. It's another form or another way to divide us up as a people. And we, again, I'm going to just keep preaching this throughout the episode. We have to unite. We have to unite and break down some of these barriers because white people, even though they're getting um, hate crimes against them too, white gays, they definitely, when it comes down to where if a black person enters the room, who's going to get the brunt of the, of the disrespect? That black person, regardless of what they are, white, I mean, regardless of what their gender is or what they look like, light skin, dark skin, gay, trans, straight, you are still the one that's going to get the worst of the treatment. So let's think about that. Next time we decide to um, chastise someone who identifies in a different sexual way. I think we just need to be more human and have more empathy for have more love for everyone. Like everyone, it's at the end of the day, whether you have Muslim, whether you're gay, straight, lesbian, queer, whatever you identify as, at the end of the day, you're a human being. You bleed just like the next person. You, you know, you snore just like the next person, et cetera, et cetera. So you just, you gotta be human. There's this post that I posted in my personal IG story um, where it is, um, it was the first day of um, Pride on June 1st, and it is a bunch of little preacher looking things with a, um, it was really cute, with a um, rainbow over it, and it said human in the middle, and it's a bunch of different colors, and it says Black Lives, it was like a bug acronym, Black Lives Matter, you are important, gay love is still love, so yeah moving on um <laughs> uh folks want to cancel facebook so yeah kel uh, i know you had some insight into this but i'll share the background on it um which i think is what sparked it so apparently um there's groups like talkspace um which is like an online um phone um app type of way to uh receive therapy um, and they're talking about uh, pulling out of their deal with Facebook, um, saying that they won't support a platform that incites racism. Um, and so 
uh, Facebook apparently has been leveraging its mental health app to provide therapy to certain audiences. Um, but the two companies initially discussed focusing its efforts on students. Talkspace's blog, which currently deals with mental health um, during the pandemic, gets around 1 million unique views per month. Um, and the deal would have involved Talkspace generating content for Facebook. Um, and so it's a huge uh, potential opportunity and a relationship with the largest media company in the world. Um, but he says, I don't think they are evil people, but do think that they turned out to be an evil company. And the reason why they're saying that is because um, they decided not to moderate a post from Donald Trump that said, when the looting starts, ugh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And so that's when they decided, like, we are going to go ahead and disassociate ourselves. Um, so we'll have to keep um, an eye on whether or not Talkspace continues to follow through with that plan. They're saying they pulled out of it, but, you know, we'll continue to monitor that. Um, and so that is most likely why people are saying that they're going to cancel Facebook. However, Kel brought up a good point with me in pre-production about Instagram and Facebook's relationship. So, yes, um, I think a lot of people are unaware of how some of these major corporations work. And a lot of times they kind of have like a monopolized structure. And as you guys know, um, Facebook and Instagram are like two of the most popular social platforms in the world, na nationwide, whatever, international, all across the board. And what people might not know is that Instagram is actually owned by Facebook. They're owned by the same company. So they're a sister branch. So you saying that you're not going to support Facebook will also require, if you're really about that life, you're really about that cause, like you're not fucking with it, you don't want to support it, you would also have to stop supporting Instagram as well. Word. I feel like they have a relationship with Snapchat, but I don't, I'm not, I can't remember, and I don't want to be, I don't want to miss it. Yeah, I, I can't remember either if they have a relationship with um, Snapchat, but you know, Facebook definitely um, has a relationship and um, bought out uh what's the name of the company whatsapp yep you know and that's yep, that was the other one yes mm -hmm. whatsapp is big in a lot of other countries like outside of the u.s um yeah, even though there's a lot international of demographics yes yes and they were under fire during the election when they started doing the um the research and the investigations on all of the um damn Elections. i can't remember the name of it who you remember what you said Kel? Was it the election? Yeah, with the election. There was a name for it. Um, either way, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say the election and how um, they were researching all of the different Mod Pod shit that was going on in the background and how they were influencing um, all of the posts uh, through social media. I cannot remember the name of that whole, like, you know, kerfluffle, but whatsapp was part of that and whatsapp did a lot of um social media pushing for um some of the commun girl it's a whole other conversation but like some of the other countries that were going through similar things they were pushing out negative stereotypes and media and stuff like that 
two groups to influence basically they were influencing the um election in other countries as well too um so y'all aren't slick facebook um that's yeah. why mark zuckerberg is always in somebody's fucking um <laughs> courthouse every minute because a courtroom every minute because um he is allowing this shit to unfold and he isn't putting a stop to it yeah so, so if you're going to be a part of the cancel culture be informed do your research through and through and then you know make your decision from there yes well said um and going further into the shit show <sighs> donald trump man you know i can't wait until november 3rd comes around and we vote this nigga out of office like now i'm gonna just keep speaking it into existence because he really has put he's been really putting the nail in his own coffin at this point so there was a lot of stir around him showing up and doing his photo op stunt in front of a church yesterday uh well actually this was two days ago and a pastor um <laughs> read his ass uh i like the way demetria called demetria lucas called it she said um a holy read and so <laughs> she said this is an awful um robert Hendricks hendrickson um said this is an awful man waving a book that he hasn't read um, meaning he was standing in front of a church with a, a bible upside down <laughs> let me just finish the read this is an awful man reading a, waving a book he hasn't read in front of a church he doesn't attend invoking laws he doesn't understand against fellow americans he sees as enemies wielding a military he dodged serving to protect power he gained via accepting foreign, inter foreign interference. Exploiting fear and anger, he loves to stroke, stoke after failing to address a pandemic he was warned about and building it all on a bed of constant lies and childish inanity. This is not partisan. This is simply about recognizing, and what he means by partisan is some people some companies will say that they're bipartisan meaning we do not you know support one group or the other um meaning democrats or republicans we are neutral so he's basically saying i'm not being democratic here <laughs> this is not partisan it is simply about recognizing the moral vacuum that is now pretending to lead <laughs> yeah like um I did you see did you see this like what happened mm -hmm. yeah go yeah. ahead then. i saw the video i saw from when he started making a speech i saw when the officers started to like really ramp up the rage and push push the um the peaceful protesters out the way all and i kept hearing them say photo up and i'm like it can't just be a photo op like it just can't like you're not going to invoke a whole law that hasn't been invoked on u.s soil at that over 200 years secondly for you to take a picture and then the insult to the add to add insults to injury we know good and goddamn well you ain't never read the bible in your life you had it upside down like it was just a mockery of it and then 
you know, I, I did see an interview with the, um, the I don't know what they're called, Acha, um, whoever's the lead of that church, it was a lady. Uh, what? Archbishop? Is that what you're Archbishop, looking for? Uh, yeah, something, it, it's something like that, and something with the deece in the end of the word. I can't remember the word. Oh, oh, deacon, um, diocese, diocese yeah. is what it's yeah. called. The yes, lady, diocese. So this yeah, was the, an Episcopalian church then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I'm a, I come from an Episcopalian background. The background, <laughs> you be <knowing>, right? <laughs> yes, the di- archdiocese. Yes, yes, yes that's diocese. what it was. Yes. I, could, I was like, I know the word diocese, something. <laughs> But yes, she was just talking about how she was just outraged and she was pissed because one, that was never clear with her. Two, you know, the climate that everything is going on and for you to to do that to people who are peacefully protesting, that is not something that the church represents. Yep, yep. So I was was proud of them to speak out against that because I know that, see, that's another base right there for Republicans that that he's losing because Republicans are largely, um, you know, heavy on the religious followings and stuff like that. And, you know, not um, against abortions and stuff like that. Like he is losing his whole base minute by minute with the more stuff that he does. Like speaking of that, he decided to um, turn out all the lights <laughs> around the church, um, not the church, the White House, and was hiding out in his bunker after he delivered that message. And then the DC blackout happened. So there was a DC blackout tag that was going around. And apparently, after he did that and unleashed a Kraken against, against all the um, uh, protesters in the DC area and I guess beyond, um, cell phone service went out, camera surveillance and internet service all went out in the D.C. area, um, not in Maryland and Virginia, but in D.C. after um, that was announced and he turned off all his lights. You know what that was? That was turn all the lights off and get to fucking people up. Get to fucking them niggers up. That's exactly what the fuck that was. Yeah, so, I, I think I heard him say something about like if they wanted to try to, to bum rush the um, White House that he would have the vicious dogs to come and attack and that's that's a, some slavery ass shit right there. Yes. Shit right there. Like, yes, no. it is. It very much is. We're not stupid. We're not dumb. He had a lot of talk around, you know, the Second Amendment and protecting your, using your Second Amendment rights and um, citizens and stuff like that. You know, that was just, um, you know, code talk. You know how Black people code switch? That was code switch for him to be able to call out all his little supporters and racist little magnet people to come get the niggers. That's exactly what that was. And we're not stupid. I don't want to interrupt where you're going with this, but there was a new break. Um, Yeah, go ahead. So as we know, the three remaining officers have been charged and they have moved up Derek Shavin's um, his um his um charges right yes they, sorry yeah from third degree to second degree but they have now announced just now that um the three officers are going to be charged with shoot it just went away um with aiding and abiding murder oh great 
that's something we're getting somewhere guilty by association yeah and that's why i think that some of these um some of these uh riots as people are calling them i call them um rebellions and revolts because they love to call it a revolt when it's white people um conquering a fucking uh country and shit but okay anyway that that's probably what's going to calm down the revolts because now it's going to feel like okay something is being done um, and that's the whole purpose behind these. Yeah, there are people that are wilding out. You know, Trina's not wrong in that sense that there are some people. She talking about like 50% of people doing that. But, you know, unfortunately, she's about to get her ass canceled. And Kaya's going to be leading the charge with a torch in her hand. <laughs> she she might have just given the whole shit to Kaya off of that dumbass statement. We were right there with you, sis, until you said that dumbass shit. So now she's probably gonna make a video crying next, you know. I, Trina, anyway, uh, sometimes it's best to keep those points of views to your damn self. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that's what's gonna actually calm down stuff that they're seeing some change happening, or people may continue to keep going until the. the I don't think people can continue until the trial happens because we don't know how far ahead in the future the trial is. But, but let it be known. They're gonna riot. They're gonna riot again if these people don't get charged and, with jail time and significant jail time. They are like Drake said. He wants to see harsh justice, and I have some thoughts on Drake too. But anyway, because <laughs> he said some stuff in the past, and I will be quick to correct Drake as well because he said some things in the past about oh not understanding why americans make race such a big deal because it's not like that in in canada and stuff like that yeah he said that before in the interview and like how he had to figure that out when he started like when he was here and you know getting his footing with lil wayne and stuff and being exposed more to that with the light skin stuff and blah 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 anyway girl but salutes to him because i'll get into him in the philanthropy highlight and what he did um with his funds to help the community but um he also said he wants to see harsh justice brought to them and yeah and that's what we need we don't need no little ass like five years in jail no we need harsh real justice and yeah y'all are going to be the example y'all y'all made the right try <laughs> y'all chose the right one okay you chose the right time to pull some bullshit and kill somebody now you're going to be made an example the same way you make examples out of black people every day now you're going to be the example so we're going to see we're going to see and um the other thing was that they're starting to get um gangs to uh attack blacks as well so we've been seeing a little bit of this on social media already today with latin latin kings groups I'm not saying all Latin kings are on that tip, but it looks like a lot of Latin kings um, groups and and just um, Latinx people in like the Bronx I saw in particular, Kel saw Chicago, um, that they were talking about, you know, oh, you know, niggers get out of here, blah, blah, blah. Whether they want to say they were protecting their community or not. <laughs> There's a lot of black people that are protesting peacefully. And it's a lot of rhetoric going around that black people are riding. We already know. And, and in case you don't know, do your research. There's a lot of uh, 
super extreme right wing groups and white supremacist groups that are going around and inciting riots. They're putting um, police cars out there, the old police cars out there and lighting them on fire. So it can look more and more like black people are just causing all this chaos around the United States. Um, it's a lot of that happening right now. I even and, think people have bricks. Like they were putting bricks in different areas. So yes. incite for people to, to cause destruction. Yep, yep, yep. And it's scary because I remember watching Don't Be a Menace to Society while drinking your juice in the hood, um, which is a hood classic. Yes, y'all. <laughs> yes. And there was like a scene in that movie. This is all I've been thinking about in my head. There's been a, there was a few scenes in the movie where there was a white man that was a going around doing stuff like they would cause all this drama or they would shoot and kill somebody like in the scene where they're in the um the convenience store and uh what's his name i do not remember his name but basically marlon um wayne's character was going off on the this um asian lady and of course he starts um shooting and stuff but he never shot those two people but the person that shot and killed the two asian people was the white man and he like had a list a checklist and he checked it off his list. He checked Mar um, Marlon Wayans off his list. And above that was like OJ and all these other people. So it was a joke, but it was just like, oh, wow, the man, you know? And that's what I'd be thinking about. Like, yo, these setups are real. And I know we crack jokes as a black community about some men that be on that super hotep tip and be like, oh, the, the man did this and the man did that and all that. But this is really a moment where the quote unquote man is really heavily involved and in creating these scenarios and spray painting walls, talking to cops and asking the cops, oh, what you want me to say here? You know, spray painting Starbucks and black people are like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. And they're doing it and they're dressed in all black and and just it's like are you and and making sure that they spray paint black lives matter and blm on stuff so we can look crazier i'm not saying that we not some of us aren't doing it but it's interesting to see how the media is covering more of the riots and they're covering that rather than covering the peaceful protests well that's not interesting that i mean they want more salacious stuff it's the news right but they're doing that and and people really aren't educating themselves they're, ju they're just seeing that people in other countries are probably seeing this and you know the smart ones are out there protesting or supporting the cause but a lot of them are looking at african americans or blacks in america in general and thinking that we're these wild people mm -hmm. and it's like that's not what's going on you gotta do your research you gotta look check your sources check your sources right now yeah this is not the time to be a follower <laughs> it's not and i'm really disappointed in some of those latino groups because we can have a whole other conversation which i will spare y'all today but we can have a whole other conversation about the history of latin groups okay y'all y'all are all and i can say this even being someone who has um black hispanic roots in my family you 
are a group of people that have such a beautiful culture and a beautiful makeup of European, um, Native American, and Black African roots, okay? A lot of it is African, okay? And Dominicans over in, in the Bronx or whatever, disrespecting Blacks right now? I'm like, you, really? Really? You saying like you don't you don't care if people black people need essential items and pads and pampers. This is my people stuff. Like go get it, go get your own, huh? Like y'all aren't being disrespected by the cops too. Don't you understand that if y'all we stand together and stand up for each other, we support each other. If there's more of us here, there's more of a chance that we can overcome this for all of us, for Asians, for Hispanics. For the poor Native Americans that got kicked out, basically out of the onto the outskirts of the country, you you want to do that? You want to pick and choose what what your lineup is in the totem pole? I supremacy does not care about. <laughs> they don't. The level they, don't. they will throw you, you away too. They will throw you away too. They will throw you away too. Yeah. Just as soon as you help them, they're gonna throw you away too. You aren't yeah. no better. You are not them. white. <laughs> You're not. You're not. So let's go ahead and get into this talk topic since we yes, all fired man. up. So as Kel stated earlier in light and recent events, we want to have a constructive conversation about, um, you know, destroying and then rebuilding. And so Derek Chauvin's um, charges have been upgraded from the third degree murder to second degree. Uh, In a nutshell, third degree is manslaughter and second degree is doing something um, to kill someone, but not, not yet without uh, premeditation, but with intent. So that, so a good example I saw on Wikipedia is coming home, being in shock that you find, um, a man in bed with your wife and you take your gun and you kill them. So you didn't, you didn't plan it out and meditate on it and say, yeah, I'm, cause you didn't know that was going to happen, but you still did it. And that's the, that is the importance in it. You did not, I don't know if you woke up that day. <laughs> some people would say, oh yeah, some of this riot shit was planned. That's a deeper conspiracy theory <laughs> to talk about another time. But some, you know, all right, say you didn't wake up that day saying you was going to kill a man. Okay, that's very possible. But when you got there and it got to that point, you decided to stay there and keep your foot on that man's neck. And whether it was um, intentional or not, <laughs> you did it. You did it. Um, you didn't premeditate on it, but you sure enough did it. And you knew that there was a possibility that he could die. So you did it. So that's not manslaughter. That's not a car accident. And oh my God, I I accidentally killed somebody in a car accident. That's more manslaughter. That's third degree. Second degree is what you did with having your knee on a man's neck, him screaming, I cannot breathe, and you not getting up. You knew what was happening. I would even argue, I would want that whoever is going to be um, the prosecute the prosecutor in the situation to even argue that um to to bump that up to first degree because i feel like it was premeditated in a sense because if we go back to this man's history 
um, we see that he's had several priors with the same type of black and brown community. So I don't, I can't say that it's not premeditated for, for sure. I, that's, that's something that I would like to see if it could be argued. And I feel like if we have the right lawyer who could do the right research and compare it in the right cases, we should be able to even possibly get first degree. And to touch on something else that you just said about distractions, um, I don't want to go too much into it either as well, but I do want to say that today they are voting for the second stimulus check. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Republicans want to push, not Republicans, okay, let me not say that because I don't think it's just Republicans. I, th I feel like some Republicans do feel a way about what's happening as well. So I'm not going to make this a party type of topic, but I will say I wouldn't be surprised if people who feel like all lives matter, quote unquote, per se, those, that group of demographic of people want to push the protesting and the riots and the looting to be more prevalent than the fact that they're actually doing that vote today. Yeah. In the media. Yeah. I yeah. See that, 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 that may be true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. So my only concern, since we're having this discussion, my only concern before we get fully into the talk topic is we do have to convince the um, jury that this is premeditation. And so um, that, that would be my only thing. And to your point, we would have to have a very um, talented, I would say, for a lack of better words, judge to convince the jury that that's what happened there. Um, and he would be met with someone who would um, be trying to break that whole barrier down, that this was not premeditated. They would make that whole thing about it not being premeditated. And I just fear that that could get mixed up um, and allow them to let this man off the hook. That's what they say a lot of times. I remember all that stuff going on with, what's his name? Um, uh, George Zimmerman. Oh, I can't yeah. remember what his 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 um charges were, but whatever it was, a lot of people were saying like it, the way it was charged, he was gonna get off. And so I I personally am excited to see second degree because although I want him to have as much time as possible, um, and you know, I think first degree is the only one that is supposed to be punishable by capital punishment, I think. And that depends on what state you're in. And capital capital punishment meaning like the death penalty and stuff. And I know everybody got, that, that's a whole other conversation too. Everybody has their POVs on um, punishment. Some people even differ for this in this situation. Like, do you want to see him dead or do you want to see him rot in jail? for hundreds of, you know, hundred year sentence or something like that. Like he never gets out of jail. Um, so that, that's just something to think about. We, we could really go further and further in detail as far as what kind of punishment he should get, but it's going to be really interesting to see um, what happens next, Kel. Yeah, and, I'm worried about the, um, the, mm -hmm. the jury selection as well. Yeah, this is this case in particular is a trial by media and um, type of case. And when you're picking, it's hard enough trying to pick um, your set of jurors already in cases because they have to go through a very 
detailed list of who's going to be biased and who's not going to be biased. And because this has been played out through the media internationally, everybody already has biases in their head. So I don't know how fair the jury selection will be. Very it's true. almost as if, if I don't know if having his trial be judged by the people makes sense in this situation. I feel like it might have to be like a Supreme Court type of situation where the panel is a list of judges instead of the people. Yeah. There's too many and biases. Then, yeah. And, and then, it's not safe for the jurors either. Yeah, it's not. Um, do they uh, share who the jurors are every time or are they like hidden? Because I've seen it before where they're hidden and, and then some juror might write a book on whatever and I'd be like well shut your dumb ass it's supposed to be hidden when when it's when it's high profile cases like that it is supposed to be hidden they're supposed to give them they're they're not allowed to have contact with the outside world no cell phones no access to computers they can only eat at certain times they have to be put up into a secret location but as you know where there's a will there's a way Right, especially nowadays. Right. Technology is nowadays. Exactly. And that's kind of what happened with the OJ trial, um, if everyone can, you know, remember or laugh back on that. Right. Where people just was, you know, it's, so that's even more of a reason why I said that I don't think this is type of, um, to be fair, I think it needs to be like a panel of judges because it's going to be a biased opinion. And I want him to have the harsh punishment as well. And I'm not saying that to say that the people won't want that, but you just never know. Yeah. Uh, I really, it's really going to be interesting later in life when we're like, you know, in our fifties and sixties and they start, I mean, the way life is nowadays, they probably going to do a documentary on this, like in a couple years, you know, just like the whole year of 2020 in general. And how it started off with Kobe dying. And girl, it's just like Trash. everything. But definitely this is so historical. This is really going to be in the history books in the future. And um, this, yeah. Will it be skewed and changed? Yeah. Just the same way. Um, the Boston Massacre and the Boston Tea Party. Oh, no. What is it called? The Valentine's Day Massacre or something? Yeah, you Valentine's know, all Day the Massacre and the Boston Tea Party. Yep, I'm at Boston Tea. Yeah. And then even in general, um, like slavery in general and, and stuff like that. It's all in there. The, the Jim Crow laws and all that are in there. Do they tell the whole story? Mm, you know? So, yeah. This is going to make it to the history books because this around the the world that this stuff is happening uh homeboy from star wars i i forgot his name john aboye or something like that he was just sitting there bawling crying leading a protest you know in london it's everywhere that in new zealand you sent the video of them doing the haka dance and stuff in new zealand you know this, this when i started seeing it going to new zealand Little as New Zealand, like at the bottom of the map, and you know, salute to y'all if we got any listeners there. We please comment and tell us where you from because we we love it. Um, the I fact think we that actually it's happening, do. Uh huh. I said I think we actually do. 
but go ahead okay yes uh you know because black people are in there too in new zealand and australia but anyway and they they populated a lot of that country to begin with but uh, let's talk about civilization and it's starting from africa another day so <laughs> um yeah y'all can't yes. see my hand flying but yes okay like that, that is part of the situation but like somebody said i can't remember what celebrity said um you know moving back into our talk topic um you know at, this country was truly built off of racism and if you don't understand what we mean by that i said it in the last episode um to put it short this country was built off of racism because it was built off of the backs of blacks in fact when this when european settlers came over they uh, ravaged the country raped and pillaged the the inhabitants that were native americans and then they brought over workers to for a lack of better words they brought over black african people over here to be the slaves for whatever reason was they wanted to make sure they could identify what was what you know the native americans were killed off through disease and then just slain as well. So they needed a new set of people to enslave because that easily could have been the Native Americans that could have fallen into that trap. But unfortunately, their poor lineage was killed off by being slain, um, being, which is a controversial thing to say, assimilated, um, being uh, another controversial thing to say is being raped. And uh, what's the word when you kind of uh, mix up a race? You know, there's that too. And then being pushed out to the outskirts. And of course, diseases and stuff, smallpox. So then they had to bring in another group and they felt like Africans were strong. There was a strong, they were strong oxes that they could do the same stuff to them too. But, you know, with the, without um, pushing us off into different communities, which we could get into projects and inner city urban communities and stuff because that's a sense of you know gentrification and stuff that's a new way of pushing us off into outskirts but anyway because <laughs> i'm really talking some tea right here all right so yes <laughs> so that all happened and we built this country off of our backs literally and we don't even get the respect that we deserve for just doing a comp, just a, a job for y'all. We did a job that y'all couldn't do. You know, yes, y'all went in and discovered mad shit, but you you had to find somebody else to do your fucking dirty work. And we did it. And we and we did not happily do it, but we did it. And now all we wanted in return, we, we've talked about 40 acres in a meal, but all we really wanted in return is proper treatment respect and acceptance and respect yes and y'all don't want to give us that because you have a fear of how far we can succeed and is it that they fear that that like i i can't get into the fear all i can get into at this point is what is going to bring us on a common accord as um a black people and i mean the entire diaspora at this point um and I want to talk about why it's important for us to get on one accord. Um, and so, Kel, I'm going to let you speak to that really quick um, per our conversation 
beforehand, yeah. you know, and some of your thoughts on why it's important for us to come together as a people um, to dismantle this systematic racism in America and beyond. Yeah, I, I'm going to share a quick story. Um, I had a friend tell me a story. Uh, we were having a a, a group conversation. <laughs> And in the group conversation, she was trying to get more help with figuring out how to address her mom. And this young lady is an African-American, African-American, literally. Um, And she's from African descent, Nigerians to be specific. And she was trying to figure out like how to go about informing her mom of the fact of the need of us saying something and doing something. Her mom was a little disturbed at the fact that she was able to, that she decides to go out and protest. And she was like, this is not, this is not your fight. This is their fight. And it hurt her because she sees the importance of the fact that we are all the same one, but the fact that her mom, someone who is older and who was also black, didn't see herself in the black community because she felt like she was different because she was from another area, you know? And, um, she was basically trying to reach out to figure out like, what do you do in those type of situations? And, um, the quote unquote bunny ears up expert (laughs) said that you should have an honest conversation, just tell the truth. And I think it should be a little bit step further. Um, I, I know that in the black community, we have this, big issue especially with the older generation this is how you can separate the difference with with how we we act and react to certain things the older generation when i say older generation i'm talking about like our parents like the baby boomers and um what is right after the baby boomers i can't remember gen x okay it's gen x right after baby boomer and like the the first part of gen x like the older gen x gen x um they tend to be very passive with things and they don't want to necessarily stir up the, you know, shake up the, the table or they like to sweep things under the rug versus um, our generation, which is millennials. We, we, we were more vocal. And I would like to say the next generation after us, they take it a step further and they do the action. Um, Word. Exactly. So um, I think what needs to happen, and it was disappointing. It's really disappointing because that's an elder. And that's the person that's supposed that we're supposed to lean on and depend on because they've been through this before. This is not something that's new. This has been going on for years. You know, they like to say slavery is 400 years. It's probably been beyond that because it was slavery back BC days, you know, it might not have been in the same context that we're having, but the point is this is not anything new. And we, it's just, the only way to fix it is to acknowledge it and then to come together and have honest conversations. And that's what the point of this conversation right now that we're trying to do is to have those honest conversations, have those courageous conversations, even if it's with your mom, even if it's with your aunt, even if it's with your pastor, even if it's with your boss, we can't be silent anymore. We have to educate. That is our duty as a black person is to educate. Yes the uninformed yes yes and um to keep going from there um once we're educated i feel like 
um, because I think some people do need to be educated um, because they may not understand why this is so important for all of us. Um, so you may know about slavery and stuff, but do you know, like, do you know why we are, why, how that translated into society and what, how it affects African Americans and, and just black people in general in society today? You know, because people will say, you know, pull yourself up from your bootstrap. We don't even have generational wealth compared to like a lot of other communities out there because we started in this country without wealth. We came yeah. into this country poor and worked for hundreds of years with no money. What were the other, think about it, what were the other racial communities doing at that time building well i don't remember if you posted it if not i will make sure it gets posted to our ccc page breaking down the um the definition of systematic uh, yes i didn't oppression. post it i don't think so but i i saved the video for my own viewing <laughs> but yes right. post it post it yes yeah i plan to post that on our ig page so that you guys can really have an understanding of it because i don't think people really understand the difference between systematic versus systemic and a good way for us to break that down i'm not going to go through the whole video but to give you a key point of it is when they do um what is it called when you move gentrification when gentrification happens sorry um there was something called redlining and they purposely kind of boxed in the black communities in these areas and then the funding when when funding happens because you know that's the part of the government's duties to fund certain areas white families could get a hundred dollars to every five dollars that the black and minorities will get that's an example of systematic um systemic excuse me systemic um oppression so i think like you said, it, it's we have to go past the education. Once we have this conversation, which we're having right now, and I really, it's hard for me to even tolerate the conversation to a degree because I don't understand when people be like, I don't get it. What's why? Are you here? Bitch, like, who the are fuck you, are you telling? Like, are you living under a rock? Like, yeah, I don't like no. Nah, at don't this point, that. Joe Budden was just saying it on his podcast, and Amanda Seal said it too. Like, uh, like Joe Budden in a nutshell was saying, like, I don't even want to hear um, if you don't know or if I if you can't understand because you know, it's it's been years and years, like you said, like that we have been exposed to this shit. You know, you know, don't be stupid, don't be stupid. Yeah. It's like that white woman. I do not remember her name, but they all have been seeing it floating around social media. The white woman that was asking the audience. Um, if you raise your hand or stand up, Jane you want to be, huh? Jane, Jane, what's, do you know her last name? Oh, uh, shoot. I just looked at her video. Oh, it's okay. Jane, white lady named Jane. Um, she said, do, raise your hand or stand up something like that. If you want to be treated like black people are treated, I'm paraphrasing and nobody stood up or rose their hand. So you can't tell me like, if I can ask you that question, I could go in a grocery store and say that over the intercom and ain't now one white person going to raise their hand. Okay. So <laughs> don't tell me you don't know what's happening or why people are in, are upset. Okay. 
Now, going from there, um, you know, describing the systemic and the systematic, that's important. And then we could lead into understanding, you know, or getting exposed to the injustices of um, police brutality upon just for this, this particular topic, at least, police brutality amongst um, Black people. And even the history of black police officers, like the, that 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 um, man and that woman, that young man, the two college students in Atlanta that got tased and got the cars tires slashed and the windows busted open um, by some cops, and like four of the cops were black. And my cousin was talking about it, and she was saying how you know it's sad in Atlanta. Um, or in Georgia in, in general, and, and just I think black cops in general weren't even allowed to arrest white people back in the day. They were only allow, allowed to arrest um, people of color. And so that's what started some of this whole inbred, I would like to say, of inbreeding of um, black um, disrespect towards blacks and, and black um, cops, you know, going harder than some white cops on black people situations, you know, because this is what they were geared towards in the beginning. Like, I'm gonna wrangle up these people, but you can't wrangle them up. But guess what? Your white counterpart cop can wrangle up black people um, and white people, you know? And so getting educated on that. So once we leave that phase, the importance of us coming together for a common goal, like the beginning of the podcast, like we said with Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, you know, we have, everybody doesn't think the same. My father always tells me this and whether it gets on my nerves or not, he's right. Everybody does not have the same line of thinking. And so I do understand that, you know, I've been having some personal conversations with some people that I um, know and love and care about and just recognizing that everybody has a different line of thinking. And some of it has been disappointing to me to hear some of the lines Ooh, of thinking. And <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes, uh, so I guess you've been experiencing the same, Kel. So um, the, yeah, the, but this is part of the problem. But I can't sit here and act like I think all Hasidic Jews think the same. There's a reason why there's Orthodox Jews, unorthodox Jews, Hasidic, all that different stuff because everybody has a different way of thinking. Um, however, they have a united front from what I've seen. They may yeah. reprimand within their own community, judge within their own community. But what you're not going to do, I will never forget being in Brooklyn and Crown Heights and trying to park with my mom in a parking spot and um, a Hasidic Jew man cursing me out like I stole ice cream from his daughter's hand. And he was with some rant. He didn't even know the woman. The woman was another Jewish woman who was, um, I'm trying to remember the story, but basically I believe she was trying to park her car and I was backing in, I didn't see her. And so it was kind of, I think it might've been like a Molly and Issa moment <laughs> with the two cars backing in. And he came up to my window of my car and was banging on the window and yelled at me like I was the biggest sinner in the world. I was actually scared of that man and his curls okay i was scared <laughs> i was scared of him and his jew curls okay and i had never been scared of that that group of people in my life but 
my cousins would tell me stories that they experienced with them in Brooklyn. And they are definitely a group of people that um, are strong in their faith, strong in their representation, and they're having their own laws and their own rules. Black people have talked about doing that here. The only thing is, you know, and I know why they give that example, because Hasidic Jews are not just in America. Hasidic Jews are everywhere. And they have a strong unit wherever they are. And they have their own tight-knit community wherever they are. You cannot really penetrate it. They got their own schools. They got their own banks. They got their own grocery stores. And so a lot of people talk about, like, when are Blacks going to get to that point to doing that? Because we are everywhere. And some would even argue that that was intentional to split us up into all these different countries and not have us in one land so that we wouldn't be as powerful as we are. But guess what, baby? We still powerful at the end of the day. We just had to do, woo! That's why they don't like for us to organize and unite. Because right. when they see us organizing, you saw it with the Black Panther movement. You saw, you see it, even back in the slavery times, they didn't want us having these little meetings. The most you could do is have church. And that's where a lot of the planning ha happened. Because... They didn't, they didn't like us to assemble. We didn't have the right to assemble, you know? And even back to the protests, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the, the riots and stuff like that. But I always say when people were peacefully protesting, um, you know, dancing in the crowd, wearing their t-shirts that said Black Lives Matter, they didn't like it. They didn't like us kneeling. You didn't like any of that. They don't want us to have the right to assemble because we are a powerful people. So going back to what I was saying earlier, I wonder because we have different thought processes and in, in what how we want to operate, because you know, that's just life. Um, what do we do with that? How do we organize that? How do we I, and I know you don't have all the answers, Kel, but how do we do that? You have like W.E. Du Bois and um, Marcus Garvey. One is saying, let's all go back to Africa. The other one is saying, you know, you know, do this, that, and the third. Everybody, you know, a lot of times throughout history, Black leaders can be great, but they may not have the same points of views and it starts to clash. When do we get to a point where it no longer clashes, but we like segment it maybe and right. we have one person in charge of this and another person or another group rather of thinking in charge of that i think what needs to happen is we have to before i even say what i think it needs to happen i'm gonna say this this fight is not an overnight fight this fight is not a weak fight um i know everybody remembers the um the quote by um the young man that just passed away, the rapper, um, the marathon. Continues. Nipsey Hussle. Yes, yes. The marathon continues. It's not a. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yes, yeah. We cannot be weary right now. I know we're tired. We're fed up. We have all this anger, and I feel like almost that we're operating off of fumes, and we're offer, operating off of um, the adrenaline. And I'm concerned that when the adrenaline actually starts to come down to rest that will be stagnant again. So I just want you guys to like, try to stay encouraged and start, try to, to pace yourself. You know, 
you don't necessarily have to go out and protest every single day out there in the streets. There's other ways of doing it. If you need to take a break and, you know, die back down and let the next person go, it might have to be that way. And I think what needs to happen right now is we can't just do everything all at once. I think we have to really take it, like you said, in phases and steps at a time. The one step that we can all agree on that I feel like we can all agree on is that black people should have lives should matter. Period, point blank. No additives of we should have equal rights. Right. I'm not I refuse to explain that to anyone ever again. Right. I refuse. Y'all yeah. playing with me. Y'all I think with that me. should be the blanket sentence that we should focus on. And then as you said, then we should break figure out how to strategically break that down into phases and whether and I feel like it should be diverse I don't think it should just come from one set a group of of black people maybe it should be diverse and to the point where we have our um our um you know our Caribbean people over here so to handle like okay this is what we're going to do for this particular project we're going to have our you know our Latinos because they're part I mean they don't consider themselves black but they are brown so they could be focusing on this next test. Like, I think it should be diversified on what the strategy should be. And then eventually we can merge everything out and plan everything out and phase everything out to the point where we can get to where we want to be. But the main topic that we should all be on one unified front on, and the one thing that we all can agree on is that Black lives actually have value. And well said. It's right where it is. Don't well said. Break it down to... A, B, C, or one, two, three, or part point five. Mm-hmm. Black lives have value. They matter. Yes. All black lives have value and they matter. So that goes across the board with everything. Yes. Perfect. And so, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to, I mean, that's all we can say at right this now, point. Yeah, right now, I think if we just all come to a place where we get to that, because um, I had that conversation with my cousin. Y'all, listeners may or may not you know, know, because I talk about it a lot. I come from um, a West Indian background. Like my mother is Panamanian and my father is Grenadian. And I've had you know, a couple family members that back in the day, they used to wonder why I seem so um, African-Americanized. And I would say, and, and I say that particularly because um, I think that some of those family members wanted me to act more, um, more of one of those two things, or maybe more so reach out for my Black Hispanic side. of, the, And it wasn't even the Black His- Hispanic side of my family that was asking those questions, but <laughs> ironically, but um, <laughs> Because they knew they were black. At the end of the day, that's the thing. And so that's what I'll say. At the end of the day, no matter, even though I had a large influence because I am a military brat. So, you know, sometimes I do wonder if I lived in New York my whole life, if I would have more of an influence. But I mean, I always embraced my culture as a black woman. Um, I always loved being black at the end of the day. I love it. I love being black. And I love being someone who has um, a West Indian background and um, a Black Hispanic background. I love it. Black is the best thing to be, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I can. I, I'll advocate for you. I'm gonna back you up on that. 
Anna is very, um, she's pro-black, 100%. Like, down to the skin color. Like, you know, a lot of people have problems, issues with their black skin. She's always loved the chocolate, like, chocolate cognac colors. Cognac colors. The black and the berry. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I mean, you know, me and Dennis are light-skinned. It just, it just so happens that, you know, here I am about to marry a light-skinned man. But he, he's far from that, too. And I love that we both come from backgrounds of families that don't have that colorism stuff. It, like, it's not heavy in us. And we never let it affect us if, there were, if we were exposed to that. You know, like, I have some of that in um, certain parts of my family. And I've, I, I dated a guy who had that. And I knew that was not going to work out. They used to call me Angela Davis. And I saw one of my little cousins... Um, who said, uh, in fact, it was one of my little Panamanian cousins, as a matter of fact, who was talking about on her page that if, um, no, I want to read it actually, because it was hilarious. And it reminded me of when I was younger <laughs> and I felt like um, people were trying to disrespect me because I was saying how I felt about, here it is. Okay. She said, um, she posted a, a tweet or a meme that said, niggas gonna ask me if I think I'm Angela Davis or Asada Shakur posting all this empowering content. Um, no, I don't. But I'd rather be, I'd rather try to be them than half y'all trying to be Jada and Ari. And she said on top of that, like, what the fuck wrong with y'all? This real shit affecting us and y'all about to pretend like it's not happening? Please go to hell. That was uh, Mickey Mouse, by the way, Kel. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Mickey. Yes. And I was like, yes, you better say that. You better say that. As long as you are, I want to hear that from you. Okay. I want to hear that the next generation of my family, the next generation of Black women in my family are, are being, you know, strong and firm and standing in that. And I, I responded to her. I said, I had a boyfriend whose whole family used to call me Angela Davis and black fists and i was like and guess what i never changed who i was and so stay who you are stand firm in who you are and and believe in what you believe in because um look at what's happening today it's still happening and so um i am who i am and i love my culture i you know i just was talking about going to barbados and, and winding up for my bachelorette because i love my west indian culture and I love my, um, you know, I'm always talking about making my fungo and all that different stuff. But, you know, we are a, uh, a complicated group of, I wouldn't say, comp, I would say complex. We are a complex um, group of people, but we're all black at the end of the day. I never thought that I wasn't black. It just doesn't, that never was the thing. And so if we just, we embrace our cultures embrace our differences and the beauty in our differences, then I think we can move into a phase of stop talking about, you know, African-Americans, because I think it's some, some, I'll speak from the African and the West Indian side of things, you know, some, some of the, some of those groups of people may label African-Americans as lazy. I know some African-Americans will feel like Africans and um, uh, West Indians uh, steal a lot of um, opportunities or are very rude 
or disrespectful or whatever. Like once we move out of those phases and cut some of that bullshit between us, you know, it it makes so much of a difference. We really got to have a united front, y'all. Like no matter what your background is, we have to respect each other, especially just a united front. We got our problems within each other. We need to have start having these meetings amongst each other and really having these conversations of how we're going to have a united front. Just like family protects family, no matter what, we are all family. We need to protect ourselves no matter what. And I, that ain't even no militant shit. That's just love. Because we ain't getting loved by these cops. So that's where I'm going to end at. <laughs> I, I mean, that was a perfect way to end. I wouldn't... Um... Let's talk about how we can get up and get out. <laughs> get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Because you and I got to do for you and I. All right, y'all. So I want to make a point of providing resources for all of those people who are out there protesting. So we're going to go over a couple of places that you can um, do that are providing bail funds, that are going to be providing legal help, and that are going to be providing um, other resources that you might need if you're out there protesting. And let me start with, I'm sorry, my phone is blowing up now. Yes, yes. Um, I'm excited to get to these. And do you have the bail fund? Because if not- I do. Oh, great. Okay, so go ahead. I'm going to just wait for you. All right. So I'm going to go over some of the bail funds by the city and just give you some of the websites that you can go to. So for Atlanta, you will go to actionnetwork.org. And keep in mind, we're going to post all this stuff to our um, our page so that you can have that information. Um, in Boston, we have mass, M-A-S-S, bailfund.org. In Brooklyn, we have brooklynbailfund.org. In Charlotte, we have charlotteuprising.com. In Columbus, which like Columbus, Ohio, not District of Columbia shortened for anything, it's Columbus Freedom Fund. <laughs> In Minneapolis, we have Minnesota Freedom Fund, North Star Health Collective, Reclaim the Block. And in New York City, we have the LibertyFund.nyc, and we have Free Them All 2020. In Philadelphia, we have the Philadelphia Community Bell Fund, in Denver, we have the Fundly.com Colorado Freedom Fund. And then Detroit, we have the DetroitJusticeCenter.org. Houston, we have Restore, Restoring Justice Houston. Los Angeles, we have People City Freedom Fund. And Louisville, we have Louisville Community Bail Fund. I also, um, I've been reaching out to a couple of people in the D.C. area trying to find like people that I know who are lawyers or who have connections with lawyers. So if you're listening out there, please continue to send us a DM or an email or whatever the case may be of any um, pro bono cases that you are interested in taking up or any other resources that you may be able to give at discounted rates or free. Um, Cause we would love to share that with our audience. But in the meantime, one of our good friends did share some information with us on, um, companies that are um, helping in the DC area. So um, they're currently doing a fundraiser called Fundraiser by Black Lives Matter DC. And um, you can go to their GoFundMe and put in Black Lives Matter DC Legal Support Fund. 
our um our goal was actually it was it was lower but it looks like they high um heightened it up because we surpassed that goal so i think it was like at 450 at first when i first checked it and now we are at 400 so they have raised it up to a million dollar goal so amen well i'm gonna go ahead and donate some of my little coins to that right one. and you, we're not saying everybody has to donate over thousands of dollars um, and I know Anna's going to get into that a little in a little bit, but um, give what you can. You know, every penny counts. All of our dollars matter <laughs> in this in this type of situation. So we, you know, we appreciate anything that you can give. And I have one more thing. And I'm sorry before you, um, before you. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, the last thing I want to just share is um, the March for Our Lives. Um, they're, you know, they've really been trying to tackle a lot of different things, trying to help out the communities. And I have listed some of the stuff that they have, um, are listing for you to donate to that are Black-centered organizations. But they're asking for everyone to start to call and email Hennepin County Attorney Mike Creeman to hold him accountable for a fair trial and I'm going to give you the number for you guys to call and demand justice, you know, call first, let's pray about it and then give God, ask God to give us the words. And then we need to demand that, demand it from, the, from them as well. So the number is 612. Well, I'm sorry, say the number again, Kel. I'm sorry. I was talking over you. <laughs> oh, no problem. The number is 612-348-5550. Or you can email. And I feel like email gives you a little bit more power. You get they really get the sentiments is citizen info that's spelled C-I-T-I-Z-E-N-I-N-F-O at Hennepin spelled H-E-N-N-E-P-I-N dot U-S. And once again, we're going to have all this information on our, um, on our page and also call the Minneapolis mayor, Jacob Fry, which has been really, he's, I feel like he's been very vocal and on our side, but we want to make sure that that continues and we're going to demand accountability from him as well. So we can call 612-673-2100. And in the meantime, y'all, continue to buy Black, continue to support um, our Black businesses, continue to sign any um, peace plans, uh, all the, the petitions that you're seeing out there. Just show love and show support. Well said, well said. Um, and I did want to highlight some philanthropists in the um, media right now. So uh, Drake, as I mentioned earlier, um, regardless of some of his past statements, he did donate $100,000 to um, bailout funds uh, for, and I, I laughed at what I'm about to share next, but um, he donated for uh, protesters. So salute to him. Um, he, like I said, is uh, very much in support nowadays of what's going on. He better be because African Americans, you know, are are some of the biggest influences in his music. So, um, you know, shout out. And his father is African American too. So, um, but Virgil Blow was in the news because apparently he donated only fifty dollars to um, a Black Lives Matter group. So. Um, he was, uh, he posted something online saying um, the Miami com community in, I'm crazy inspired, uh, I'm crazy inspired for kids in the streets that need um, a bail fund for George Floyd protests. 
and it was $50 that he sent to FemPower, and he's like matching the local energy of some names that he listed below. So people went off. In fact, <laughs> they delete, they ended up editing his Wikipedia page where it said Virgil cheap ass a blow. <laughs> that was what his name was listed as. Um, he donated. So it says born September 30th, 1980 is an American fashion designer, entrepreneur, artist, and DJ who donated. And so if y'all don't know, Virgil Blow is like, well, was um, Kanye West's right-hand man. And he's the creator of off the off-white brand. So um, <laughs> who donated a total of $50 to the Black Lives Matter movement during a protest. So they went in and was petty with that. Um, and so uh, people were also complaining that he has binder clips that cost more than how much he donated to they have off-white binder clips that are um a hundred dollars um but however i did do my due diligence and i researched to see if he had a statement and he said the donation i posted last night was in solidarity with a group of miami friends chain posting about coming together for their local community i can understand your frustration if you think my contributions were limited to fifty dollars purely false when it comes to the total i have donated twenty thousand five hundred dollars to bail funds and other causes related to this movement so cheers to you virgil blow um, for doing a lot more than some of us can um, and to kel's point donate what you can but take that um, exactly, literally what I said, donate what you can. If you can donate more than $50, go ahead and cough that up, baby. All right? I'm glad Virgil was able to clean that up for us because he definitely can afford to donate more than $50. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially if you're going to sell stuff for overprice, you know, yeah, you, you have a, a responsibility. Or if you, do. even if you didn't want to donate necessarily those cash funds to the movement, like a big amount of money, give your stuff away for free for that day. Like it has to, it has to balance out. Yeah. He could have did a thing where, you know, and once again, like we just acknowledged that he actually has contributed more than $20,000 to the, to bailout and stuff. But, you know, some, some may say, oh, why don't you donate proceeds from your, your company, you know, your, your very popular off-white white brand to some of these um, funds. And so I think I, that's what I would say is the last call. I know we missed the last call. Did we miss it last episode? I think it was two yeah. episodes ago. But I would say that the last call is definitely, um, you know, donate what you can. Yep. To, to help whether it's your Do time your, part. your efforts social media posting and support sharing information and amongst the communities and stuff like that uh white people uh <laughs> um i would say you know get educated educate yourself um uh, I, I have gotten phone calls from friends um where like amanda seal said um this is my time. I'm on my trampoline. This is, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what she said. I don't have the time. I'm on my trampoline. This is my time. Now it's your time to take the time out to do the research because 
that's what we've done for all these other um, cultures out here. We do the research. We build up museums and stuff like that about Native American culture and, mm -hmm. you know, all that different stuff. Hispanic Heritage Month, Black History Month, too, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's more than enough resources, including your good old pal and buddy, Google, to find out what you need to find out rather than calling me, and I'm just saying me as a, a reference, calling me to ask me, uh, what I can, what I suggest that they do to resolve this situation and these injustices that are going on, or even worse, to educate you on the injustice. Right. You don't ask me to educate you on it when you see it all the time on the news. You know what's going on. So don't right. start. Okay, also, educate yourself. I also want to shout out, before we close out, to all of those who actually came out and supported Blacked Out on Blackout Tuesday. We see you. We are, we are appreciative of you. Um, special shout out to Rihanna. Um, she said they, they, weren't, they didn't buy anything unless it was Black, and they didn't sell anything. So you couldn't even buy Fenty or Savage yesterday or um, wow. any other Fenty stuff. And then she also talked about voting in those areas, and um, she was knowledgeable and shared where all the areas where you're supposed to be voting. So I appreciate that. You know, like, I appreciate it. I saw you guys out there. Everybody got the blackouts. We appreciate you. Yes, yes. And a lot of people had thoughts on that. And, um, you know, it, uh, people were on the fence about whether or not people were using that as a day off or if they were using it as time to truly educate themselves. I would say I'm just glad some people participated, whether it was um, it was sincere or not, it still projected the message, the overall right. message. That's what I would say. I don't, I don't think we can control who's sincere or not. Um, I do recognize when someone's insincere, I do, but I think there is something at a certain point, just like how we talk about how we got to put aside our differences. I think we got to just kind of be clear and say, hey, I want you to do this and don't ridicule, ridicule certain people that do it when you feel like it's insincere. Because at the end of the day, I think that the message is still getting out there. Me and you, Kel, will talk offline about some insincere people just to key key about that. But thank you anyway. Um, for one more thing promoting last that. thing i promise y'all i know you saying one last thing one last thing this is honestly the last thing um i saw a post i reposted it and i just want to add my little tidbits um this is a tweet posted from at sharon not shay to all the white people that were invited to the cookout this is the cookout so just letting y'all know that we are cooking up a rebel this is my mm. we are cooking up a rebellion against injustice what are you contributing are you bringing the potato salad like what's happening what are you doing here? Mm, yes. And on that note, I think we, we should out. close out the show. <laughs> we out, y'all. Yes. Follow us. Oh, wait. We are. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Follow, <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. Um, the website, CognacCupcakesConversations.com. Make sure you check out our merch that we announced earlier in the show. Yeah. Um, survive is survive is survive yeah look out for more great content for cognac month this month um just when you're ready to relax and take a breather or whatever um we will be there to re-energize you and um get you ready for the next fight you know so 
and also uh, make sure that you check out CCC Vibes on Twitter because we're always watching Insecure. Um, ooh, we probably going to do an Insecure catch-up episode um, because the next episode is the final episode, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is the final episode. This was episode nine, so this will be not the final episode of the series, but for the season, which makes me sad because the same way this show may be a reprieve for y'all, we're sure if you watch Insecure as well, it's definitely a reprieve for us and it's probably a reprieve for you. So it's going to be sad to let go of, you know, that joy, that Black people joy on that show. Um, but, and shout out to Issa for speaking her freaking mind and posting bailout fund services and all that different stuff on her page as well too. Um, but she's been very active. Um, I've been watching her too. And Kiki Palmer, you know, some of the people, you know, when it's real. So, um, make sure you follow us. So you, so we know it's real and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace out. Bye. It's a vibe.